Why should you care about having a healthy brain and a creative mind? We assume that you care about having a good life. We assume that you want a life of value. We assume that you want a life that is filled with pleasure and joy. We assume that you want to live your life in a way that actualizes your full potential. So to realize this kind of positive life, you need a brain that operates properly and a mind that knows how to harvest all of the bounty of meaning, purpose, and happiness that your life has to offer. Your mind, after all, structures the way you interact with the world and how you feel about your life. You deserve this kind of life. We all do. But as we know from experience, a life of meaning and pleasure does not happen by itself. Too often our mind sabotages our desire to live a rich and meaningful life. Too often our mind latches on to negatives and refuses to acknowledge the positives in our life. It turns out that we need to learn how to cultivate quality of life. We need to learn how to mindfully invest the time and energy needed to develop meaning, purpose, love, and fulfillment. So it's our position that you should be concerned about your cognitive wellness because you deserve to live a good life and a fulfilling life. You deserve to enjoy yourself and to realize your full potential to, to flourish. You need a healthy brain and a sharp mind to enjoy your full potential for happiness, fulfillment, and satisfaction. We see this as kind of a three-part formula. A, keep your brain healthy and strong so that B, you can nurture and cultivate your creative mind so that C, you can realize deep and fulfilling quality of life. So, as you engage in this quest for longevity, it'll be very helpful for you to pinpoint exactly what quality of life, fulfillment, and happiness mean to you. They will mean different things to different people. The only correct answers for you are the answers that resonate with you. What floats your boat? What rings your bell? Maybe a good way to start thinking about quality of life is to... Uh, Take a look at what philosophers and psychologists have said about quality of life and what it means. The first attempts to define a good life can be traced back, oh, 5,000 years to the ancient Greeks. The philosopher Aristotle envisioned a good life in terms of meaning and purpose. He thought that people crafted a good life by being good citizens who were reasonable, responsible, and fair in their dealings with other people. The Greek word for a life of meaning and purpose was eudaimonia, E-U-D-A-I-M-O-N-I-A. -I -I Buddhist philosophy, which rose around the same time, had a similar focus of meaning and purpose, but added a more personal touch. A good life for a Buddhist was centered on relieving suffering for all, but also it, it placed an emphasis on personal peace and personal contentment. The idea of happiness as the key ingredient of a good life is a relatively recent idea. It wasn't until the Enlightenment that philosophers started talking about a person's right to happiness. The Enlightenment philosopher and politician Thomas Jefferson included the, the pursuit of happiness as part of the, the Bill of Rights, as you well know. 
The idea that a good life is found through the pursuit of happiness and positivity is characterized as hedonia, H-E-D-O-N-I-A. Sonia Lyubomirsky, who is a leading positive psychologist, offers a definition of the good life that combines these aspects of eudaimonia and hedonia. She says that a good life is, quote, the experience of joy, contentment, or positive well-being, combined with a sense that one's life is good, meaningful, and worthwhile, end quote. Note that Lyubomirsky's definition includes language describing both a happy life and a meaningful life. According to Lyubomirsky, we find quality of life through hedonia, the pursuit of pleasure, combined with eudaimonia, the pursuit of self-development, social acceptance, and accomplishment. Take a moment to think about your own personal definition of quality of life. Are you more invested in the hedonic side of the equation, for example? Are you more interested in what Lyubomirsky describes as joy, contentment, and positive well-being? Or is your sense of quality of life more on the meaning and purpose side, the eudaimonia side? Are you more interested in um, a sense that your life is good and meaningful, that there's, um, your life is worthwhile? Of course, it may be that both, of, both sides of the equation are, are equally important to you, as Lubomirsky suggests. These are going to be elements of what we might call the big-picture motivation, things that really sort of motivate all aspects of your life. So once you have a sense of where you find quality of life, whether it's on the hedonic side or on the eudaimonic side, you can begin to investigate what parts of your life actually provide you with the kind of fulfillment that you're looking for. There's a classic tool for identifying levels of fulfillment, and it's called the, the wheel of life. And the basic idea is to you draw a series of concentric circles uh, that represent levels of fulfillment. So starting in the, in, the, in the middle with low fulfillment, then each concentric circle going outward shows increased fulfillment as you work your way out to the top. And what you do is you divide the circle into wedges, like slices of a pie, and each wedge represents a certain aspect of your life. So, for example, one wedge might be friends and family. Another might be significant others and romance. Another would be personal growth. Another would be fun and recreation. Another might be the physical environment that you live in. Career, money, health. Each of these could be separate wedges. And what you can do is decide for yourself how you want to label those wedges. What are the areas that are most important to you? And then think about it and decide how much fulfillment are you getting from each part, from each of those aspects of your life. Of course, with any exercise like this, you have to be courageously honest with yourself, as my partner Roger would say. 
I mean, this is for you. It's not for anybody else. You don't have to impress anybody. What it's, its purpose is to help you do a self-assessment of what aspects of your life are actually providing you with fulfillment and which ones are letting you down. Which ones might you need to work on going forward to make sure that you're, you're getting the most you can out of all aspects of your life. Your investigation of fulfillment may have stimulated thoughts and feelings about your core values. Your values represent who you are. They are the the principles that you deem to be important in your life. Being able to name your core values can help you in a number of ways. Knowing your core values helps you to develop strategies and make decisions. I mean, you want to choose strategies that honor and advance your core values. You don't want to do things that are going to confront and and contradict your values. And choosing alternatives that represent your core values will fuel your motivation. Activities that reinforce these values are, are energizing and fuel your ability to invest the time and energy needed to be successful. I mean, your goal is to identify the core values you already possess. What really floats your boat? What gets you going? Which values define your essence? For the most part, you discover your values by reflecting back on the life you have lived. What were the driving forces behind times that you flourished? What values were you expressing when you felt most fulfilled and satisfied? Or conversely, what value was thwarted when you felt frustrated and disappointed? Values that can animate your life can be things like honor, valor, humor, service, success, security, providing for others, knowledge, connectedness, creativity, curiosity, risk-taking, accuracy, performance, politeness, independence, a sense of adventure, or a sense of peace. Often it's useful to string together a series of similar words that can capture subtler nuances of meaning. For example, you may feel that creativity is one of your core values. You can make the description of your creativity value more precise by adding a string of additional sub-values. Creativity slash inventiveness or innovation. And that's different from, say, creativity slash adventure exploration. And that, in turn, is different from creativity slash aesthetics and art. The tricky part about identifying our core values is that we all tend to select values that reinforce a positive image of ourselves, rather than the values that that really drive us. It would sound sexier for me to say, for example, that adventure is a key value of mine when the truth might be that I'm much more motivated by a desire to feel safe and secure. There are a number of exercises in our playbook that we use to help identify your values. One of them, for example, is called highs and lows. And this, the idea here is that you look at uh, peak moments in your life. You identify the core values that uh, you were expressing when you were really flourishing and when you were in the flow. And then you can also look at the low points in your life, times when you were most frustrated and disappointed, obstructed or frustrated at that time. 
Another technique is to think about how people describe you. What do people say when they're teasing you about your quirks? Or, or what do they say when they're angry with you or, or when they're frustrated with your behavior? What do you do that drives people crazy? You know, how do people describe your best qualities? What do your friends say when they're touting your strengths or, or trying to bolster your confidence? For that matter, how do you describe yourself when you are pointing out your weaknesses as well as your strengths? And then, of course, one of the classic exercises is to imagine what you want to have on your tombstone. What do you want people to say about your legacy? He really fill in the blanks. She was the kind of person who fill in the blanks. The Wheel of Life Exercise In this exercise, you look at the areas of your life that give you deep feelings of passion, abundance, ease, inner peace, flow, and joy. Which activities offer you the deepest satisfaction? What are you doing when you feel that you are approaching your full potential? Different aspects of your life will provide you with different levels of fulfillment. You might feel highly fulfilled in your social life, for example, while feeling unfulfilled in your professional life, or vice versa. So, let me describe the wheel of life. This is a classic tool for identifying levels of fulfillment. The basic idea is that you draw a series of concentric circles radiating from a center point out you know, equidistant from this center point. So you start with low fulfillment at the small inner circle and show increased fulfillment as you work your way toward the largest outer circle. And these circles are then divided into wedges, like slices of a pie, to represent important aspects of your life. Each wedge represents a different aspect of your life. So now consider which aspects of your life do you think are important to consider? Standard wheels of life examine things like friends and family, significant others and romance, personal growth, fun and recreation, the physical environment, your career, money, and health. So feel free to use these aspects of life if they resonate for you, or consider some alternative categories, and then design your own wheel of life. Make it one that covers the areas of life that are most important to you, and then rate the different areas. If you don't feel very fulfilled in one of these areas, only fill in the first few circles closer to the center. If you feel very fulfilled in another area, then fill that in all the way out towards, you know, closer to the outer edge. And when you're finished filling in all of the slices of the pie, you'll get an indication of where you are, which areas are giving you fulfillment, and which ones are falling short. And that can help you then prioritize how might you want to balance your life out so that you get more fulfillment in the areas that you're, you're not feeling fulfilled in. Again, you can find all of these exercises and more in the MindRamp Cognitive Wellness Playbook. Your goal is to tap into deep sources of big-picture motivation for yourself 
motivation that will spur you on to really do the work and have the the fun and the activity associated with working on keeping your brain healthy and getting your mind as sharp as possible. <laughs>